you know, <laughs> this is a long race. But now when I think about it, 100K isn't that long. <laughs> Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> yes, well, thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Oh, we okay. just wanted to let you know how we found out about you. We had just interviewed uh, Michele Gralia, who was running uh, Badwater about a week after we spoke to him. So when we looked up the start list for Badwater, we saw a Canadian on the list and we said, well, we have to follow her as well. And lo and behold, <laughs> you're our superstar. <laughs> okay. So we yeah. can't wait to talk to you about Badwater. But before we get to Badwater, we want okay. to start at the beginning. So when did you? Okay. Yeah, well, I, I actually started running probably more in my late 20s, early 30s, and just, you know, 10Ks, uh, you know, didn't think too much of it. But I, I did pick the running sports in track and field growing up. Okay. And of course, that was in small town Saskatchewan, rural Saskatchewan. <laughs> so it was, a, you know, it was just a high school thing. And then after that, back in that day, you know, you go get a job and go to university <laughs> or whatever, right? So it, it was just something on the side kind of thing. So. Right. Are you yeah, following the so. <laughs> uh, the track at the Olympics now? Are you following track and field? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Andre Degrassi. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those. That, that It's fun to watch. That's, that's right, right. Yeah. Brings, brings back <laughs> memories. <laughs> Oh, it certainly does. It certainly does. Yeah. And how much has changed, especially in the running and getting it and, and same with the ultra running. Like, I don't even know if I heard the word ultra running until quite a bit later, you know, later in life. So, well, that that's interesting because now we're wondering how did you get into the ultra community? Right. Yeah. Well, I did. Um, running with uh running groups in calgary not a lot but there's always there was somebody that was 20 you know 26 miles wasn't good enough and they were doing 50 miles and so you, and then you know you start talking 100 miles so just by talking and admiring what they were doing so it's like okay i gotta try this <laughs> <laughs> so i'll see if my body can do it you know and right kind of inch your way into it so what was your first ultra, Norma? My first ultra, oh, it was a run across Calgary. Mm. It was um, a 50K uh, running on the bike bike paths across Calgary. And I think they only had it the one year. So, so that's interesting. Um, and that must have been, I'm trying to think of the date uh 2004 something along those lines wow you didn't try that until your 40s yes yeah yeah and um again i i was you know i was working a lot and um just with the winter you know i think we had some indoor tracks here. yeah we had indoor track in calgary 
uh, some indoor running facilities. But, you know, it was just kind of hit and miss. And there wasn't as many races available locally. For our our listeners in other parts of the world, can you describe a typical Calgary winter? Because I think they might find it fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could, it usually starts in September. Um, uh, Like there's a good, there's a one or two snow, snowfalls usually right away in September. So then off and on it goes all the way into May, possibly even June. Um, It has snowed at least, there's been years where it has snowed at least every month during the calendar year. So. (laughs) No, thank (laughs) you. But, you know, we'll. Yes, you know, like we'll, we can get some minus 40s, and especially in the recent uh, climate change world we're living in. So, so we've had some, some cold days for sure. So yes. Let's fast forward a bit to 2006, where you, you did Lost Souls. Oh, yeah, yes. And, and that was so much fun. That, that was, um, uh, what, you know, my first 100K. So that was the, the new big distance. I had trained a lot. Uh, that year I mean like anything else when you put some effort into training or or if you're studying for a course you know the more time studying in that and if you're really interested in what you're doing tend to do better so I did have the training and again you know it's so interesting doing an ultra in 2006 this the, the whole protocol was was different like the first checkpoint at 50k and it was a hot day so they were taking, I had to stand in line for <laughs> probably a half an hour to get my temperature checked oh my and gosh. thermometer. And they only had, I think, one person doing it or something. And it was, <laughs> so, so that didn't help your time. If you felt okay, you wanted to keep running. So it was interesting. And just, uh, they didn't have salt tablets and things like that like that was kind of we were just learning about muscle cramps and <laughs> and uh, because it was my first one I kind of listened to others and so there was another section where people were saying oh you should be running that fast you know <laughs> like this is a long race but now when I think about it 100k isn't that long <laughs> you know? and so really uh, so I ended up walking another half an hour so there was a lot of time that um, I, I probably could have done a little bit better at that one, but but it okay, was so okay. Much fun. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, did you not place first a female overall? I, yeah, yes, I did, I did. But but it was a slow time actually for for. But it was the heat. A lot a lot of people did have problems with the heat, um, and some had sat had sat out for an hour and a half wow. because of you know, the heat, you know, throughout the race. Right. Yeah. So you could have done better than first place. (laughs) She could have won it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) Now, now speaking of heat, uh, when we were checking out the races that you've completed on ultra sign up, it seems that you thrive in the heat. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because a lot of your races have been in Florida and California and Arizona where it's hot. Yes, yes. And I, you know, I do love the heat. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, after being in Canada, it's like, I just, yeah, it is very enjoyable. Um, and 
I guess even at an early age there, my body did adapt to, did adapt to that. Now, since I grew up in Saskatchewan, so we, we can have some hot days in Saskatchewan, maybe not as humid as what you have in Ontario, but, but, but they, they'll get hot. It, it's quite hot there in the hundreds in the summers there. Right. So. But how do you yeah. find when you've done all of your training in Calgary, let's say, and then you go to a race early in the spring, for example, are you finding that you're not really having trouble acclimatizing? Well, um, there was some races where even if I was there two or three days ahead of time, it did help. But I, but that is true. I did have problems with, with heat at, um, like at Florida Keys, mm. um, that, that hot humidity that, yeah, it did me in like the first five miles. I, I had, so I had to fight that one and I didn't have a crew. Huh. So I was carrying a lot of liquids and that, that, that makes it harder. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, so, so Florida Keys, I had to stop and walk and walk through different sections because my body could not assimilate even if you're taking a lot of electrolyte pills and sodium or your body's not going to assimilate it quick enough. Right. But if you want to keep a running, running pace going. And uh, so, so I had to walk through different sections there. Right. Yeah. So do you prefer, would you say that you prefer those types of races over say maybe like a mountain race or something with a little bit more elevation? Do you think that that's your strength? Stay flat. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I do like the pavement and just keep running. You know, yeah. I, I do like running and, and I, I'm wanting to go back and do a little work on speed because um, I, I'm okay to do like, a, like as boring as it sounds, I'm okay to do a one mile or two mile loop right. and, and just do 50 to 80 or hundred <laughs> miles on that. So I've, I've actually trained for, for several of those races, the 24 hour, the 48 hour, but have not been able to get there because of uh, the pandemic. So uh, I've got like the last, you know, year and a half or two years, however long it's been that I've delayed these, uh, some of those races. Right. So, but, but the, the, you know, the trail, the trail world is fun. It, uh, but there's a lot of challenges and, um, <laughs> Um, may, maybe it was a little more fun or two, maybe in my, in the, in my fifties, <laughs> um, you know, like now, now it's a bit more of a challenge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It takes a lot of mental strength to go around loops. So I, I commend you for that. Cause I, I think you have to have a certain fortitude to get through that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's when you're focused on something, you just kind of go, you know, so, right. Well, well, speaking yeah. of what, what races you'd missed out on, what were you planning to do in 2020 that you're hoping to get back to? Yeah, I've got some 24 and 48 hours. Like there's one in uh, New Jersey um, in May. There was one in May that I had to delay. Now that would have been a 48 hour. Okay. So, uh, so that's in October. Oh, yeah. Good. So October 2nd actually is Badwater Cape Fear. They have a 51 uh, miler there and it runs kind of along the beach, which I do. I love running along the beach. <laughs> who, who doesn't? <laughs> you know, coming from Cal. I did that in 2019 and 
that year I did most of my training actually running on the treadmill Mm -hmm. just because of my time, my time allotted between work, you know, and the time that the facilities are open. I would, I did a lot of training just on the treadmill and then to go from there to running on the beach was like, (laughs) in in, uh, usually to have that in March. So it it was just fascinating for me. (laughs) Yeah. And so I did that October 2nd and then, and then the following week, October 7th, I will be going to New Jersey and doing a 48 hour wow. event. How do you yeah, pick your yeah. races? On what a, what a do you look for? Track. Well, there I'm actually looking to see how close I could come to a record mm. um, for like for my age group in the, uh, there's the American Association of Ultra Runners. And of course is the IAU, which is the International Association and there's the Canadian <laughs> so I'm a mem- member with the Canadian Association as well so you pick races based yeah. on let's see if you can try to get some records is that the <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so that that's what I'm what I'm doing uh, like this year I'm, I'm mixing that in but I am planning to to redo uh, hopefully to redo bad water again yeah. So, so I'm keeping that one going. <laughs> yeah. Now you do a lot of racing. So have you suffered from any serious injuries? And if not, how do you manage to stay injury free? When in my younger, my younger running, um, in my forties and fifties, there was a lot, I have a lot of gaps and, and some of that was from injuries, mm-hmm. uh, and work. But after you're out in, you know, some of my injuries, I was out for like, really, I stayed out for a year. Mm. But a lot of the cause of my injuries back then was the, the, just the running shoes I was wearing, the, like the information was not available back then, like even, and nutrition, mm-hmm. um, all of that, how to, how to do work and speed without overtraining and all those things that we have available to us now really wasn't known back then. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Did you know the monarch butterfly is the ultra runner of the insect world? Covering over 4,000 kilometers every year during their migration from Mexico to Canada. Is that what they mean when they say the butterfly effect? That was a weird movie. We've launched the Monarch Ultra Virtual 10K. You can run, walk, hike, bike, or flap your wings virtually anytime, anyplace. You'll receive a beautiful two-sided medal featuring a stunning Monarch, as well as a custom neck gaiter, all while supporting Camp Kawartha in Peterborough. Our goal is to have 430 participants across North America, each completing 10K, representing the collective distance of the Monarch's migration. Sprint to gotterunracing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. So let's talk bad water. Yeah, yeah. let's get to bad water. So yeah. we want to <laughs> talk through. How did you feel going up to bad water? Uh, Training. Everything was feeling yeah. good about two or three days before bad water. Well, 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 luckily, in a way, COVID kind of, you know, I, I, because lots of times I'm working so much, my training is, you know, just isn't quite what I want it to be. But one good thing about COVID, it kind of pushed me out of the, uh, the work, you know, or freed up my time. And, and so actually, I had time off 
uh, before bad water race. So I went down to the States actually at the end of May. Oh, and nice. because of the the border concerns and the COVID concerns, I thought I better get down there while I can yeah. in case that changes. So I actually went down there and stayed. I have friends in the Palm Springs area. So I went down there and stayed and trained for awesome. two months before the race. Wow. Almost two months. Now, Palm Springs area is, uh, has high temperatures, almost as high as Death Valley. Um, okay, but there's um, there's also a, a naval training base out by Twenty Nine Palms, is an, and that is more drier desert. So I actually did most of my training out at this Twenty Nine uh, Palms, close to this uh, na- uh, base, Army base. <laughs> they have Joshua Tree National Park oh, there. Nice. Um, so and so there's some nice mountains. Uh, not big mountains, but there's mountains. So I had I, I had a course on pavement that I did running, going up. It was four miles straight up into this park and then back down. And I did loops of that, like back to back, day after day. Like I would do some days I would do 40 to 50 miles, and the next day do another 40 to 50 miles. Wow. Wow. And just really and now the, the heat there was actually hotter than than what it was during the bad water week I, I that I went mm. to bad waters um, wow. because of the and then the other thing that was interesting was the humidity level I had never thought nothing much you're in the desert you're in the desert but the humidity is very noticeable more in the desert where I had trained I was in quite dry heat mm-hmm. like the hottest I had trained in was 114 degrees one day and no clouds, no wind, just sun. And that that one, I, like it was really hard. So I, I actually didn't do the full day of running. I had to stop because my eyes, my eyes were dry. My nose was so dry. My, my face actually, lips were cracking. <laughs> and if you drank, drank some water or any kind of liquid, you would still be thirsty right after that. And this is training. It was... Uh, <laughs> This is training. This is training. So. <laughs> Why did you choose bad water to begin with? What made you want to do well, bad water? Right. Well, when I was in my 40s and 50s there, that was that was a well-known um, international ultra. It was just something that everybody knew about. There wasn't as many races back then. And, you know, I, I they captured my, my eye. And some of the athletes who have gone through bad water have just been phenomenal. Like they've done fantastic, uh, <laughs> like Lisa Smith, Goffman and Pam Reed, like Lisa, she did back to backs back in, you know, for, for a while there, they were, they were doing it back to back. And I think Lisa Smith, Bachman actually did four of them or <laughs> attempted to do five back and forth. Like, so it's um, 135 miles to go one way. So you go back, that's 270. So <laughs> do that, you know, three more times. Like <laughs> so that's that's on your next but, next. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I'll ever I'll be doing any back to back. But you know, at that time they didn't ha- they didn't have as many ultra races yeah. in, in the in the you know in the in the world. 
So they didn't have 200 milers like they have now or some of these 500 milers. So I think um, I think that's why a lot of them did that. So what about mm-hmm. Moab or so, so anyway, Western? Just, Are you have they ever well, piqued your Mo- interest? Yeah, yes, Mo- Moab is is interesting, and now they have one in um, in Arizona going to Flagstaff um, and towards the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah. so that Cocodona two hundred and forty. Pardon, Cocodona two fifty. Yeah, yes, yes. Coca- yeah. They just had had their first one, so that. But I couldn't do it this last year because it was May too close. We've been too close to bad water, mm. but but I, I would love to do that too. Yeah, we we so. interviewed <laughs> we interviewed someone who did Cocodona. If you're if you want to check it out on the podcast, his name's Noel Kingston. I, I, I did. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. So that would be that would be so interesting. And, and Pam Reed did that one too. That's she right. Was also a previous bad water. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to race morning. Yes. Or so, race evening. Race you, evening. Uh, <laughs> you started at night, and you're on right, the start line. Right. So how are you feeling on the start line of Badwater? Right. So yeah. So even with all the training and that you know I, I you know I was nervous and, and we're, we're the, like we're at uh, Furnace Creek and Stovepipe Wells there was different parts like there was like two days of being at least two days were there just going through the meetings and and uh, preparing getting all your your bib and, and all this stuff getting ready getting your crew ready and then you have to try and sleep the day of the race because you're going to be starting to run at 9.30 is when I started. There was one group that started at 8 p.m. And then the final group starts at 11. And how he separates them is maybe a little bit, maybe a little slower runners at the beginning, middle, and then the fastest runners at 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I, I did manage to rest fairly well that day. And, and then at the start line and now driving down into we're driving from Furnace Creek down into the base the Badwater Basin so it's it's kind of a downhill slope and um there was uh there was actually rain and lightning the night before the race wow. so this year at in Death Valley they had more of a monsoon year mm. so they were actually getting like so they could get a flash flood even though it's their summers are so hot the week before the temperatures had been 100 oh it was like 124 to 125 <laughs> degrees so <laughs> but the, the week but the week of the race that it actually went back down to like around fluttering around about 115 degrees that's but okay there was more humidity <laughs> yeah that's okay and there was more humidity there's more humidity, which is actually in your favor. If, like I said, that dry heat, you just, you can't, you know, it's really hard to assimilate anything. Yeah. And, but there was wind, there was a big windstorm. So when we were driving into the base and you could just see this cloud of wind and sand and, and that. So um, now it was not as bad as what they'd had previous years out there. They've, they've, they've had worse windstorm. Because you've got sand dunes and those type of areas, there the wind, the wind, the wind is is there's a lot of wind in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so anyway, so we went down there and then uh, for, for, for the start, but well, actually, just before we started, the uh, race director, uh, Chris Cosman, he, you know, he's taking pictures and he gives you a spiel about what to expect over the, the course of the race. <laughs> and so you're like, oh, my God, please don't tell us what we're actually doing. <laughs> so, he's, you know, so he repeats it, you know, you're going 5,000 feet up to Panama Springs. I mean, 5,000 feet up to, uh, up to uh, Mount Pass. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to drop down uh, 3,000 feet to Panamint Springs. Then you're going to climb again to go up to past Father Crawley and and uh, Mount Whit and getting closer to Mount Whitney. Then you're going to drop down again, uh, but another 3,000 feet. And then you're going to climb, run 20 miles to Lone Pine, and then you're going to climb again another 5,000 feet in 13 miles. So. And everyone's going, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that was like, okay. Started the race and uh, and again, the, the wind was, was really uh, quite, quite heavy. Was the wind uh, at your now, back? I had, no, we're going against the wind. Oh, gosh. We're going against the wind. And there's, there's a bit of a slight climb, but but not, not too much heavy climbing. So it's approximately about 20 miles into Furnace Creek. And then about another 20 miles from Furnace Creek to Stovepipe Wells. It was almost morning by the time I got to Stovepipe Wells. Now, with the wind, I had act, it was windy every day in Calgary this last, <laughs> this last winter. So I ran against the wind all, all the time in Calgary. And then when I was in the desert, almost every day I was running against the wind, going uphill. And then when I trained, I had carried a pack, plus I always carried my phone and my Strava app, and so I, I was probably like five to seven pounds carrying uh, liquids and that. Right. So that that kind of strengthened me. And then if you're running against the wind going uphill, carrying a pack, you know, you're really getting a good workout. So that so it didn't really affect me too much the wind. Now a lot of the other runners did find it hard, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason that um, created some sickness. So there were, there was other runners already feeling sickness at that point. Again, depending on how people had, had dressed, people were already feeling the heat. Now the heat to me, I didn't, I felt like it was a nice cool evening because <laughs> I had done all this heat training. So it just, you know, it had worked for me. It worked out really, you know, quite nice. So I, I ran a fairly good pace all the way to uh, the first 50 miles. There now, I'm curious, how many miles were in between crew stops? Like, how, how were you asking your crew to meet yeah. up with you? How many? Right. Well, I didn't want to carry too much liquids at the beginning, uh, two miles to two and a half miles all the okay. way past Stove Pipe to the 50 miler. And then now, now after, but the sun was, sun was coming up and it was getting warmer by mile 50. I was, so then, so then the distance started, I started to reduce some of my distance there as we got more closer into the middle of the day. Like I noticed some crew were just, they were stopping every half mile for their wow, geez. and spraying them and, and they had pacers too carrying their drinks, but just to spray down because they were they were having difficulty with the heat. 
Um, so there was some spots where, where we did the half mile and then I didn't have to carry anything. Then there was other times I just wanted to keep running more. So I did carry a small water bottle and I would do a mile and a half or two miles. Okay. I'm just, um, I, I'm just curious about yeah. the first 50 miles where the professionals started about two hours after you, about an hour and a half, two hours after you. And so right, at, that, yeah. at what point did they, did they started passing you or coming up to you? And, and Yeah, well, I actually, I had a good time. I had a good time all the way to mile 100. You know, I never noticed uh, like Sally, Sally McBride there who won. I know I didn't I didn't notice where, when she had passed me actually. Okay. Okay. I, I I missed it. But but you know, sometimes I think it was more later on that yeah. she had passed me. I think it was like past way past Panamint Springs. Because I think at Panamint Springs and even maybe even like around mile 80, I think I think there was a point where there was I they were taking uh, the officials were taking pictures of me that possibly I could come in first. So, yeah. so I think it, for a while there, I was actually, my time looked like I was in the league, but, wow. but of course she, but she came in, um, her time was really good. Like it was less than 31 hours. So yeah. So she kept her pace going good. I guess it's hard to know too, <laughs> but, because the, the vehicles, there's so many vehicles on the road and you're kind of leapfrogging. It would be hard to know who's, who's passing you or not passing well, you. <laughs> Well, well, by the time I had got to mile 100, shortly after, um, shortly after mile 100, then, or even before mile 100, I'm already, it's nighttime again. I did 23 and a half hours for the, for, on the first 100 miles of the course. So that was a sub 24 on a bad water course. So that, that was good time. That's and amazing. Then, um, but now, yeah, but, but, af but after that, like I had energy. For some crazy reason, I had the same energy as when I did my first twenty miles, as even when I did the last twenty in my of my hundred. So my energy level, I think it was just you know you're in the moment and you're just <laughs> going for it, right? Everything was working out perfect. Um, you know, I didn't over crew. I, I had a more of a skeleton crew, and it seemed to work out good. I didn't do, well, this was my first time to have my own crew. You know, I'm not, a, I, I've never used pacers. So, you know, to me, and I, I watched some of the other runners and, you know, sometimes when you have pacers, they're going to stop and talk. I mean, you <laughs> end up in a conversation. And, you, you know, to me, it was just, just losing focus. So I, I just, I only had two people in the vehicle at one time, a driver, and then um, I had a lady who was with the whole, on the whole crew, and, and she was just so eager, like, she was just cheerleading all the time, <laughs> she was fantastic, so she, she just had my drinks ready, whatever I wanted, and, and it worked out quite perfect, but at that time, I didn't need any substantial food right so that was so after mile 100 about mile 105 then i i realized i need food and it was yeah. kind of like okay why didn't i pack more so i kind of blew it on that one and then because that now i've got another 20 miles almost before i'm going to get to lone pine mm -hmm. to to where there's like a store convenience store but but I, I did make it through that but i think it slowed me down now, by the time I got to Lone Pine, and this is kind of silly, but 
sometimes when you're out there doing these ultra events, you can be hungry at one point. I mean, I did have protein drinks with some more protein bars and chips on the yeah. way, but so, sometimes, and then it, you know, it, the hunger went away, mm. but I wasn't, I wasn't running as fast. My running had slowed down, right. you know, uh, the calorie burn, like I wasn't burning as many calories. My and So by the time we got to Lone Pine, I didn't bother eating again. And then uh, from there, going up the thir- last 13 miles, it, it, you know, it's so steep that I, you know, you have to just power walk it at that point. <laughs> yeah. Can you so, explain the rules about, are you allowed to leave the course and do a grocery shopping and then go back on the course? I mean, it depends how close you are. So, like, your crew can 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 drive ahead and get and get some okay. some supplies and then come back. But they can't be too far away, too far away from you know. They can't leave you out there for too long by yourself. So, so, so that that was something I I could have done better. But I wasn't to the point where I had to stop. I, I did make it through that, but I th- I think next time I would plan that differently for sure. I, I would, yeah. I think I'd be craving something really cold or some orange slices or slushy, something really refreshing. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. imagine taking yeah. in protein like over and over. Be like, no, I want something really, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I did, sorry, I did have some, some, uh, some good juices. I had like berry juices. Yeah. Sorry, I, and I had kale juices. I, I did have some good uh, juices. I was drinking those too. But the thing with the, the fruit juices is they, I noticed they too much of that would mess up your stomach. Mm. Like I had the pineapple, banana and, and that. So now you got those more acidic juices. Right. <laughs> We're on mile 113 now. You, you did great up to then. You had a little bit of problems with food. So what about going into the final stretch? And the climb. And the climb. Yeah. Is this happening yeah, in the daytime? Yeah. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10 kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's BAM, and then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Um, yeah, by the time I got to, when I was got to Lone Pine and started going up the hill, it was getting, um, like the last five, five miles going up the hill, the sun came up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I finished running around seven, seven AM, uh, the left just at seven Oh five or something. I finished running. So, so, so the sun started coming up around five thirty there. So the last hour and a half. But um, I, there was a section going up uh, the last 13 months where I did break up and started running. Like my energy, some crazy reason, like I said, I got through the hunger, my energy came back. So I was starting to run, but uh, one of my crew said, you know, look at you, 
they didn't think I was, this was going to last. And they were worried that I was going to burn myself out and stop. Right. They knew I was kind of slowing down. So I did have a crew come out and, and, and uh, do the last section with me. They're the last, Oh, I don't know, eight or nine miles. And, and he said, we're, you're better to just walk this. So we just power walked. And as we were going up, like we kind of lost track of what miles we, where we were at. So we were asking different people coming down, how many miles left? And like one person said, oh, you have four miles left. And the other person said, oh, you only got half a mile left. And so <laughs> that's typical ultra running. <laughs> that's so yeah, typical. People that's... just didn't know. <laughs> no. And so I, I was kind of feeling like, you know, I'll, I, I kind of didn't think I was going to get there when I wanted. I wanted to quit, be there by seven. I was kind of hoping for that finish time. But I, I was kind of feeling like, hey, this might not happen, right? Like, like even walking and going. Like, so I didn't know what to expect really up until. And then you're going around, you're doing a windy road going up. Mm. So you can't see where you're at the top. And when you look at the top, there's still a big mountain above where the Whitney Portal Road finishes. So at the finish line, and you can hear cheering because it's kind of a quiet race and people aren't finishing. <laughs> there's campers up there. So, you know, you know, so I didn't really know I, I actually finished until like the last 200 yards. Oh, like, wow. wow so, and then it was like, oh, and then I was like, okay, well, maybe I could have ran more. The last <laughs> section, but, but, but that's okay. I was just so glad to actually get there. But you knew yeah. you were in second place the whole time, I guess. You knew you were in second place. No, in fact, like I said, I, I had kind of a hint. I know that the officials were, were you know, taking extra pictures of me along Panamint Springs and and up to Darwin, uh, like around mile 90. So I think they had an interest there, but um, I didn't have any idea, no. In fact, there were some really, there were some really excellent um, female runners out there on the course. And I I actually, who, st who started at 11 o'clock, mm. but I, I thought they must have passed me, you know, because I could have been whatever at the car you know you can easily miss people who's going by yeah so I had to assume that they had already passed me so I was surprised so I was surprised that I was second female wow. and uh, at that when I first crossed the race director said he says I think you may be second but we don't know because I started at 9 30 uh, yeah. and there's 11 o'clock women are they going to run this last section but uh, but within 45 minutes, he, he said, oh, no, especially you, you've done second. There's no way they're going to catch you now <laughs> kind of things. Wow. Yeah. But, but the lady who came in third, the lady who came in third was she was only half an hour behind me. Okay. So, yeah. so, and she so started she the same time as you? No, she started at 11. Oh. But, but with only a half an hour difference that, you know, on a big race, ultra race like that, half an hour isn't that big really that was a sprint <laughs> yeah 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 so she could have she would have ran fast that last part coming into lone pine or something she, she would have been, been second did you hang yeah, around the finish so. line and until you heard that news or what did you do well the time the time went by fast mm. because uh because you're you know you're still having a you know drink having a few drink you know something to drink and then they do a, a photo 
and uh, a photo and you're just talking to different people. It might have been more within a half an hour, something like that. Half right. an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Did you, did you break any <laughs> records that day? Of your age? I did. Yeah, I did. let's I talk did. about that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, so that that was that was nice. Like, I mean, I, that's why I kind of wanted to be finished by seven a.m. Then I knew I would have broken that record. But like I said, coming up the hill, I had no idea that would if that would become a reality. Because well, let's um, tell tell our viewers, tell like, our listeners, what is the record? What is the record you broke? Oh, the record. Well, uh, Pamela Chapman Markle had had a record. I think it was like thirty four hours. 3403 or 3404 that she had done the previous year. Now in within the three years, she like she ran Badwater 11 times and improved her time each year. Wow. Um, so she had gotten faster each each year, even even if it was by 10 minutes. So I mean to finish it each, even to finish the race each year, because each year is different. You might yeah. not feel as good. So, so that was quite an accomplishment. So, but uh, did you hear yeah, from her? So it was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She congratulated me, and Aww. like I said, well, I said you've done this eleven years and finished <laughs> each time with a, you know. So that to me, to me, was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone else uh, reached out to you that kind of surprised you that you were excited about? How about well, well, I was, I was just. Yeah, I was kind of excited, I, you know, to even be in the Canadian Ultra Runner magazine. Like, <laughs> yeah, so so that 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 was really great. Yeah, yeah. Norma, um, I'm speechless. You're you're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incredible. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh my god. The next time you but, race uh, against Sally right McRae, after- she's gonna be watching out for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she, she is great. She's really a uh, phenomenal, like, yeah. And uh, she's so motivated and yeah, she's great. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, what's on your bucket list? So if you could put in order, like number one, I need to do this race before my running career is over. What is it? Well, I think I would still go back and do um, like Marathon Disabled, ah. the, uh, the one in the Sahara Desert. Of course. So, so I think some, yeah, some of the international, those top 10 international ones, there's that one. And then also the one going up um, Ultra Trail de, uh, de Blanc, the one that's oh. in France, like with all the, so some, yeah. Um, and I think believe there's still an Amazon one out there. So, mm-hmm. so something exciting like that would, would be fun to do. I mean, now with the international travel, uh, you know, we'll see how that going, all works out. Well, you're going back to Lost <laughs> Souls after so many years this year, right? Well, you know, and now this is kind of interesting because, um, see, I may have to cancel that because mm. what I'm wanting to do and I'm, I'm just putting the, the works in place now. I'll find out for sure here in the next few days is I'm actually wanting to do a solo event in Victoria mm. for, uh, for the university, the UBIC, for a fundraiser. 
And uh, this is from, from um, my niece who had been taking a, a course there at the UVic for environmental studies. And, and she unfortunately passed away here in 2013. Mm. So they actually have an endowment uh, scholarship program. So I'm raising funds for, for a scholarship for one of these students Aww, <laughs> in environmental awesome. studies. And the environment is really important, obviously, right now. <laughs> how, can, so, how can people support you in that endeavor? Mm -hmm. Is there a website they can go to? Uh, yes, and that would be the University of Victoria. Okay. Mm -hmm. All yeah, right. UVic um, donation funding, uh, environmental studies. Okay. Uh, but if, uh, if we set this up, this event would be, it would, I'm sure it would be fine, easy to find uh, on, on the website because they'll have it advertised. Well, you'll have to yeah. let us keep us posted and, and on that. Okay, I certainly will. I yeah. certainly will. So, yeah, because so I, I would probably... Oh, I would probably do that within within the first two weeks of September. Okay. So oh, okay. Then it would be difficult to do Lasso's Ultra, right? Right. So, so, so I, I may have to get with it up. Yeah. What's yeah. the distance for that, Norma? So for the, uh, I was thinking something like fifty miles a day for five days. Okay. Or, or I would do a two hundred miles all at once. Oh, that's a walk so, in the park. So, so I'm looking at, <laughs> No problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm looking at some something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank you oh, so thank much. You so much. I, yeah. I couldn't wait to talk to you today because like Very, I said, we just found yeah. out about you and you're so inspiring. You're yeah. so positive and you're doing amazing things and keep it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I watched some of your previous podcasts and I can tell that you guys are really doing great too. And like, thank you're having you. a lot of fun. You're having <laughs> a lot of fun with these podcasts and, uh, and, and your, uh, some of your, your charity, run, charity runs. Like yes. And thank you. Virtuals. Thank you for yeah. signing up for those. The package mm. is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. Because I, I love I love the magnets. Oh yes. Bridge, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we let you go, we have a couple of rapid fire questions if you don't mind. All okay. right. Okay. So Rolling Stones or Beatles? Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah. Beer or wine? Wine. Wine. <laughs> Do you have a tattoo? No. Would you get one? No. No, <laughs> no, no tattoos. <laughs> What's another sport you'd like to excel in? I don't know. Probably bodybuilding. Ah. <laughs> I think you have a head start yeah. on that. You look very fit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite junk food? No. <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> I, I think, well, I used to like, we used to really love chips. So I guess probably chips. Right. Which flavor? Yeah. <laughs> Which oh. flavor? Probably all of them ripple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Norm's favorite last question. Pick a superpower that you would like to have. <laughs> a superpower. 
um, probably be able to fly, fly. <laughs> That's popular. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Well, thank you again, Norma. It's been awesome. We've really enjoyed speaking with you today. We feel honored that oh, you were on the first podcast. That's right. With us. Thank you so oh, much. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So, and I look forward to see, seeing some of your next your next podcast. Absolutely. Sure. And good luck in your Victoria adventure. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's going to be a learning experience and to learn a bit about the environment, you know, some of the environmental issues out there from the students. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, have a great day and we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you. Oh, thank you, jo Jody and Norman. You two <laughs> have a great day. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Right. <laughs> Thank you. You did great. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> That's incredible. Honestly, almost started crying at the end. She's so much joy oh my gosh and that's what they were saying about her every time she was running it was just a constant big always smile. smiling they see her coming from miles away with a big smile yeah on her face. <laughs> how could you not and she is an og man yeah honestly limited crew mm. you know not a lot of food she she she, she bags her uh <laughs> her her <aid> stations <laughs> she powers through wind and sand and like no complaints not one complaint ever no honestly yeah. wow <laughs> i can't wait to if she hey if she ever takes on marathon de sable oh, oh yeah i'd I, love to hear about that absolutely <laughs> yeah we'll get her back on that was awesome yeah. loved it loved it norma you're amazing okay and uh that's it for us today Hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. Cheers. Bye. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K Gotta run!